Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is. And you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. An extensive amount of time and energy is focused on breeding programs to create a calf with great production potential. However, there is opportunity for many dairies to improve calf-rearing programs to help realize the genetic potential of the calf. Today, we're talking to Dr. Kelly Reed about how, in her role as Ruminant Field Technical Specialist for Diamond V, she works with producers to identify bottlenecks limiting performance. She'll also talk about her work with dairy management teams to help determine how they can effectively implement changes that will work within their system. Dr. Reed is responsible for providing technical and research assistance as well as sales support. Prior to joining Diamond V, Dr. Reed worked for a leading dairy in Washington's Yakima Valley, working as a herd manager from 2009 till 2014, when she assumed the position of general manager. In that role, she managed 75 employees and used her veterinarian training to identify bottlenecks and implement tangible solutions. In addition to her responsibilities at Diamond V, Dr. Reed owns and operates Reed Dairy Veterinary Services, based in Prosser, Washington. Dr. Reed earned her DVM in 2009 after finishing her BS in 2004, both from Cornell University. While at Cornell, she was a research technician for a study on the incidence of salmonellosis in dairy cattle. Welcome to NutriBlend's Animal Agriculture Podcast, Dr. Reed. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Are you, what's uh, what's the weather like up there today in Washington? It is sunny and beautiful in Washington State today. Yeah, they got some spectacular days up there. Everybody thinks it rains all the time, but we know better, huh? Exactly, Eastern Washington, little known secret. I won't tell a soul. <laughs> all right, so Dr. Reed, <clears throat> tell me about what you do at Diamond V and how you work with dairy producers. Well, thanks, John. We spend a lot of time and energy on breeding programs to create a calf with great future production potential. But despite our best efforts as managers, there are always compromises in our management systems that limit this potential. In my role as a tech service vet at Diamond V, I spend a lot of time working with producers to help them identify the bottlenecks that are limiting their calves from realizing their full genetic potential. There's really no one best way to raise calves. It's important to figure out the best protocols for an individual farm's team. I work with the farm management team to help determine an action plan for improvement to effectively implement changes that will work within their system to help them meet their goals. Are there areas producers should focus on in their calf rearing programs? 
The key management areas to focus on for success in a calf rearing program include maternity and claustrum management, sanitation, delivery of consistent nutrition, and housing. As a good starting point for evaluating the effectiveness of claustrum programs is measuring serum total proteins in the blood of calves. Improved passive transfer results in healthier calves. In my experience, farms with the highest rates of passive transfer put a huge emphasis on establishing a quality claustrum management program, and then consistently they stick to their protocols. In 2019, the Dairy Calf and Heifer Association updated the guidelines to a tiered system for adequate passive transfer. Under these guidelines, excellent is considered greater than 40% of the calves on a farm with a serum total protein greater than 6.2 grams per deciliter. Good is about 30% of the calves with that serum total protein in the range of 5.8 to 6.1. Fair is about 20% of the calves with a serum total protein 5.1 to 5.7. And poor, about 10% of the calves with a serum total protein of less than 5.1 grams per deciliter. Truly, John, farms with the most success will meet or exceed these standards. Achieving these goals starts with care of the dry cow to produce quality colostrum, cleanly harvest it, quick cooling, and storage of colostrum at calving. Cows will actually reabsorb immunoglobulins, so for the highest quality colostrum, it's best to harvest it soon after calving. On the calf side, the calf should be delivered in a clean and dry environment and fed four quarts, or 10% of its birth weight, of the highest quality colostrum available within an hour of birth. Common practices that can improve success are measuring colostrum cleanliness and quality and implementing colostrum supplementation or colostrum pasteurization if needed. Additionally, a second feeding of colostrum at 12 hours will improve passive transfer. After about 24 hours, a calf's gut lining won't be able to absorb immunoglobulins. But if colostrum is added to the milk or milk replacer, then the immunoglobulins can bind pathogens in the gut and minimize pathogen absorption. Our first big opportunity to help that calf in realizing her genetic potential is ensuring she receives adequate passive transfer. Well, another key management area you mentioned is sanitation. How can you manage sanitation? Great question. So sanitation of milk preparation and feeding equipment can be evaluated on farm with a tool called a luminometer, or samples can be submitted for a laboratory analysis. It's good practice to periodically evaluate sanitation to ensure the goals are being met. Cleaning protocols for calf feeding equipment are the same as what we use in our milking parlors. They are all milk contact surfaces, but we usually don't put as much emphasis on maintaining the same quality standards with our calves. The most successful calf programs are very strict with maintaining sanitation protocols and routinely testing to validate protocol compliance. The most commonly overlooked milk contact surfaces that I find using a luminometer on farm evaluations are esophageal tubers and nipples when using bottles. Well, how else can producers ensure calves reach their full potential? So calves are like human babies. They like consistency in their nutrition program. We want to feed them the same volume and temperature of the same product at the same time every day. And any and all changes should be gradual. 
I often get asked if it is better to feed whole milk or milk replacer. The reality is both can work well and both have challenges to meeting their goals. So it depends on the farm and what is easiest for their management system. Depending on the group of cows the milk is harvested from, whole milk can vary significantly in total solids from day to day. So adding a fortifier can help to maintain consistency. What do producers need to know about a milk replacer for their calves? So milk replacers can vary in quality. Just as important as the milk replacer itself is the quality of the water used to mix that milk replacer. If the total dissolved solids are too high, you can cause what's called an osmotic diarrhea in baby calves. It's a best practice to check water quality as well as the osmolality of the reconstituted product. It's also crucial to follow the mixing instructions for reconstituting milk replacer. It's common to find farms not following the manufacturer's recommendation of water temperature. This can significantly impact the quality of the final product. Given that the cost of milk or milk replacer is often the largest expense in a calf program, many people will try to feed as little milk as they can get away with. However, increasing the volume of milk available to the calves can go a long way in compensating for human error and some inconsistency in feeding. Feeding temperature going to the babies should be between 100 to 105 degrees. Now there is a little wiggle room here before you will adversely affect the calf, but this should be checked at the beginning and end of feeding. This is also important to monitor seasonally, times like this when we're having temperature changes, right? As ambient temperature changes, we need to adjust milk temperatures accordingly. Caloric needs as well as fat to protein ratio should be adjusted seasonally as needed to compensate for changing maintenance requirements with seasonal weather changes. How should you transition a calf from milk or milk replacer to grain? So the sooner a calf can have access to free choice after milk feeding, the more water she will consume. In all programs, our goal is to eventually transition calves from a milk-fed diet to a grain diet. Grain consumption will be limited by a lack of water availability. This is an important consideration, especially in very hot or very cold weather, particularly in programs that keep calves in individual housing, where it can be a challenge to keep water in front of the calves. Grain consumption will also be limited when fresh, clean grain is not available. When weaning calves off of milk, generally a gradual change is easier on the calves. If you're on a higher plane of nutrition, a higher volume of milk, Starting the step-down process will help encourage that grain intake. Starting the step-down process early will help encourage grain intake. We don't want to make more than one change at a time in a calf's life, whether it is the grain it's consuming or it's housing. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? Thanks, John. These are the main critical control points that I focus on when working with customers looking to improve their program. We can refine from here, but it's important to start with the biggest bottlenecks limiting a calf's performance. At Diamond V, we have a product called Smart Care that is soluble for the milk or milk replacer and helps to directly support the calf's immune system, maintain gut integrity, and help to develop that calf into a ruminant animal. Additionally, we have granular products for the calf starter and grower rations to help support immunity and intakes through the stress of weaning. These are great tools to help improve your calf nutrition program 
And with the use of our products comes our commitment of support to help your program succeed. If you want your calves to reach their full potential, it's important to start early and implement a calf-rearing program that includes maternity and colostrum management, sanitation, delivery of consistent nutrition, and housing. The information that Dr. Reed shared today helps us better understand why these things are important. I want to thank Dr. Reed from Diamond V and encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.